Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting. With views not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Well, Happy New Year to everyone out there. We are so, so excited to bring back in this brand new year a fabulous teacher's teacher. Yes, that is what we call Dr. Mir Schneider, Ph.D., a teacher's teacher, for he certainly makes global news wherever he touches down, and he's been traveling crazy. Today, we'll talk about breaking the chains of illusion with Mir as he snuffs out beliefs that keeps us from healing. Mayer's awesome gift of research definitely has unleashed a quilt of many colors nurturing the many. As he has thrown back the veil of illusion for healing, you may not have ever heard of. In 2007, um, it was announced that Mayer Schneider was one of the top 10 inspirational Israelis on a popular national television show in Israel known as the best Ken, Millions of viewers watched him as he shared the magnificence of a human body and what it is capable of. Paula, you and I are always so thrilled to know that there is truly more than hope available. And when May airs around, that does become a fact. You are listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula, and yes, sirree, that is a fact. <laughs> well, Taz, let's let our listeners know that in May of last year, the second edition of Amir's book, Vision for Life, Ten Steps to Natural Eyesight Improvement, was released. And this book was translated in eight different languages. Meyer's new edition wow. highlights research, including studies about preventing and treating vision problems in children and, and in teens. It includes recommendations for preventing eye strain, even in children who are increasingly spending more and more time looking at phones, computers, and video games. Well, Mayor, you're such a good friend of ours, and we just certainly are uh, glad to have you with us again. You always have so much information to tell us. Welcome. So, Paula and Taz, I want to tell you that I consider you to be some of my best friends, both in body and spirit, and um, and I'm so happy. It's one of the best things that happened to me that I've met you, and I feel so good to start fresh in the beginning of this year. And no matter how good or bad things are happening uh, internationally and nationally we can uh, start to change things deeply from within. And the first thing that I want to talk about is the fact that most people resign and believe that the spine uh, problem should stay there. In fact, uh, most people believe that the little aches and pains that they have should be a part of their life and they should live with them, or they become panicky about the aches and the pain 
and they always want to suppress them or not to face them. And one of the things that uh, I teach people is to do none of this, to sense the aches and the pains and see them as opportunity. And the opportunity is to sense the fact that the body doesn't use itself fully, that it is frozen in many ways because our uh, 21st century lifestyle and the second half of the 20th century lifestyle. And what happens to us is we're too sedentary. And I hope you will never be, Paula, knowing in what beautiful place you live, although now it's probably freezing cold and here it's nice and warm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but nevertheless, I think it's very good for you to take walks, to be active. But that's the, the list of it. The main thing is that we are living in a world of achievement. People ask themselves, how far do I run? How many pounds did I lose? Um, how strong am I? And there is a place for that to some extent. But on the other end, doing that robs people from the opportunity of sensing the body and sensing what they can do with it. And here's what I want people to sense. If you have ache in your shoulder, it's possible that you are not moving the shoulder in full rotation. Also, it's possible that the muscles of your buttocks, the gluteus muscles, especially the gluteus minimus, is weak. And that if you strengthen that gluteus minimus, you would actually be able to move the shoulder in rotating motion. Now, if your hip is stiff, well, it's possible that you move the hip more in one way than another. For example, more forwards than backwards, more forwards than sideways, that you bend. On the other end, if you stretch your shoulder and move the shoulder all the way, it is possible that by stretching a lot of the uh, muscles of the torso, you actually will be able to loosen up the hip because they're all connected. So what we need to learn through breathing and movement is how everything connects to everything. And that is the thing that is missing in our life. And that is what I want to teach people. I have a class next Saturday from 9 to 3.30 in um, our place at the School for self Um so, sorry, it's 9 to 3, so make it a very short uh, class. And that class uh, is going to teach people how to mobilize their back and how to uh, function with the back in a way that they've never thought about before. Learning about muscles they never use and connections they never thought existed. And we have so many muscles that we never use. For example... How many people can really move their toe muscles properly? And yet, some people can feed themselves with the toes. Some people can play guitar with the toes. Um, how many people can actually walk backwards easily, sideways easily, rotate easily? We are very frozen in certain motions. And eventually, the price is we tire many of our muscles and restrict many of our joints. So we're starting with that class this 
coming Saturday on overcoming back pain and preventing it. Mia, on the, um, you said back pain, I'm questioning. A lot of people right now have a lot of sciatica. And you talked about the gluteus maximus right. muscle. And well, the sciatica something... has to do with the piriformis, basically, in, in the, which is very close to the gluteus medius, the one I mentioned, the piriformis in the side of the buttocks. That's where you have the sciatic notch. And if it's all it is is spasm of the piriformis, there's no problem. But if you have uh, tension and uh, shooting pain to the side of the leg, then there could be more and more problem like a sleep disc between vertebrae 4 and 5 in the lumbar area. Yeah. So um, with your exercise that you're going to be teaching this coming weekend with the exercises, uh, this right. Oh, no question. To give the audience one tip, if you, for example, um, have sciatic in your left side, lie on the right, bend your right knee, bend your left knee, and put the foot above the right knee. And uh, first of all, in many cases, it reduces the pain. And then tap on your buttocks and on the side. You can also use a bunger ball, which is a ball with a, a handle, a, a very easy and collapsible handle with which you can hit the side of your thigh so, uh, and calf. Also, uh, it sounds ridiculous, but sit in a cold bath and put a hot towel on your neck. So the, the lower body will be in, in the cold because there must be inflammation with the pressure on the piriformis muscle and there must be inflammation with the pressure in the lower back. So sitting in a cold bath, and it doesn't have to be long time, like um, about uh, four minutes, you know. A hot towel and you can drink hot tea and it can really relax the area of the sciatica and then the pain goes away. How? Wow. You know, it's yeah. really, um, uh, we have, it's really popular in, in our area is uh, they put you in these tanks of ice. I mean, it's not actual ice, but it's the uh, temperature is super, super cold. And then they uh-huh. just come out and they stretch. So when I heard about the, how popular that is, I, I thought about you immediately because you use that type of uh, Right, exactly. Well, I do worse than that. I take people to the ocean. <laughs> well, I take them to the ocean and then to the hot tub, you know. But <laughs> depends on the person. You know, some people you cannot put in a cold bath, no matter how much you can convince, try to convince them to do that. Um, for some people, hot water is a very, very tough thing for them. You know, they can get dizzy or they can get problems. Like, for example, Multiple sclerosis patients should not sit in in a hot tub because then it's harder for them to walk. People with low blood pressure, that's a tough thing for them. But basically, I like the idea of hot tub as well. What I do with people with sciatica with hot tub, I sit them in the hot tub, get them to do a bunch of exercises, but I put a cold hose on their back and piriformis muscles. So that would be interesting for me to actually try one of those cold tanks you're talking about. I do it simpler put them in a hot tub, give them a glass of water, give them a um, 
put a uh, towel on the neck, a warm towel on the neck, and then they feel much better. Wow. Well, you're talking about taking people to the ocean. Uh, tell them where you're located. I mean, you're lo- located in such a perfect place where the workshops are going to be taking place. Right. You that. know, we are located in a residential area, and it took the act of God and uh, a lot of work in our side to get permission by the planning commission and, and the board of supervisors to be right by the ocean. The biggest room in our place is the ocean, although we have a very nice backyard with a trampoline and just now use it for our clients, and it's beautiful and sunny here. You wouldn't know it's 49 degrees in our backyard because we don't have the wind factors. It feels like it's in the upper 50s or something, and it's... Um, just wonderful to be in the sun and work in the sun, uh, especially when you do vision improvement. And what's great about our place, because I work with a lot of paralysis, that we have a beach access that I can get people in the wheelchair near the sand and get them to crawl. I can get them to walk. So it's a wonderful thing, basically. Wow. Yeah. Well, you you actually... Mayor, you know, you've, you take people to the ocean, too, so that they can look far and close for eyesight. Right, so that's and, and, Yeah, but, I mean, this is, this is something that you began your whole study with in that, you know, your vision was nil. <laughs> you, had, you had no vision, and you were able well, to... Well, I had 1%. Really, <laughs> <laughs> But quantum leaps brought you to absolutely bring back your vision, and now you have a driver's license. Uh, yeah. You know, that is, it's really bridging capabilities that you have within your body that people just do not realize that you have, you know, until um, until you're able to bring forth these gifts that we have in our body that you just kind of open the door for everybody. That's really cool. Yeah, well, I really hope to open the door because the Berlin Wall is in front of me. Let's put it this way. I just want to again announce that 9 to 3 next uh, Saturday I have a spine class. But uh, uh, the six-day eye class is from the 23rd to the 28th of February. And people come to us from all over the world. Last year I had three six-day eye class, a very good one here in San Francisco in February, which we normally do. And then we had um, a six-day eye class in Germany, which is near the uh, near Switzerland in the Black Forest. And then we had a six-day eye class in Portugal. And it, those were wonderful classes with most of the people improving greatly. But the big deal is that the six-day uh, eye class in Portugal we had five legally blind ladies who improved their vision. I was very, very happy with them. They also all came to me for individual sessions in Portugal. <clears throat> and I was very surprised. And who arranged it was a legally blind lady who came from Portugal to San Francisco to work with me and brought me back to Portugal. So that was a real good thing. So um, I just want to say... Uh, those who want to come to us, come for your spine on the 21st of the month, which is um, next 
uh, this uh, next Saturday, not this one. Um, uh, sorry, I said next, but I, I meant one after this one. So on the 21st of January, uh, people can come to the spine to the spine class, but the six-day eye class is already starting to have good registration. And to just give you a sense of how much improvement we have, in Germany we measured people's vision in the first day and in the last day. We get people to measure each other's vision and tell them how to do it. They couple up. And we had many people in the class. We had something like 65 people who came to the class. But from them, only 27 took the whole six days because, you know, people don't have the full six days. So more people came on Friday uh, than any other day, but it was Thursday through uh, Tuesday. On Friday, we had 57 people. But on Tuesday, we finished with 31 people, and 27 of them took the whole class from beginning to end. And from those 27, 24 improved remarkably. And, uh, for example, one of my clients improved by uh, three lines on the chart. And for, that means from the same distance, she saw a much smaller uh, print. And people don't even notice how much they improve until they look at the original measurement and last measurement. So the, the, the vision improvement is really phenomenal. And, in fact, the beach, as you were talking, uh, Taz, is wonderful because we look at the waves and they really make our vision way better. And I just want to let people know also, Mir, that, you know, when people come to your courses, they do satisfy the American Massage Therapy Association. So I think that that's incredible as well. That's that's my training course. My training course, I'm going to have a segment A, which is the beginning or the first part of my training course, where people spend... Uh, the whole day, like 10 hours a day, 9 to 7, working, studying, massaging each other, working on vision. And that's from the 14th to the 22nd of March, which is segment A. We'll have two segments in August. So people can come for segment A in, on March and complete, it, uh, complete segment B in August. And that's that. But the I-class, the I-class satisfies Practically everybody who appears there, even those people, the very few people who didn't see improvement on the chart, still are happy that they're there because the atmosphere is fantastic. I just want to review the nine principles. And by the way, Paula, I want you to know something. I did a book campaign last May, and a pretty good one. I had uh, several shows in D.C., a very, very good show in New York, um, I had KPFA in this area, and of course, I always come to your radio station and to your program. Um, we were able to move 3,000 books in one month. Uh, wow. Yeah, which, you know, for being so much out of the mainstream, that is not a bad number. And the first edition sold 12,000, the second one. Uh, print, they printed 7,000, and it sells very well, consistently. So when we finish, I think in four years of the life of the book, uh, we probably will finish selling um, around 19 to 20,000 copies, which I think is, um, is a very good thing for, for beginning phenomena of this nature. But 
talking about the principles, we first of all want people to rest their eyes from the stress they have. We want them to relax from looking so much from near. So we talk about deep relaxation of the eyes as the first principle, adjustment to different life, light strength and frequencies. And we really need to adjust to the strong sunlight or else our pupils become very weak. But then we don't have night vision. Even in remote places, uh, people still have light that shines into the night and basically disturbs the night from being as dark as it should be. And that affects many creatures in the world, but also affects our own eyes. We need the dark. I think it's a very important thing. And the result of us not being in the dark really affects our whole system in an adversarial way. I mean, you don't need to take melatonin. You just need to lie in dark room. You'll produce it, and it's an even a better thing. So being in the dark is a very, very, very important thing. And look what happens in hospital. They have excessive or access light that doesn't let people really rest their eyes as much as they should. So uh, dark and light is important. Looking at the distance is important. <clears throat> and where you live, Paula, I know the distance is so beautiful. I, I would love yeah. to stand in those mountains <clears throat> and valley and just look at this beautiful nature. And even here in the Bay Area, if you go to Mount Tamopaya, and even here in San Francisco, if you go to Twin Peaks, then nature is phenomenal. But even in uh, cities not as beautiful <coughs> as this city, San Francisco, um, like I would say Tel Aviv, where I go, um, we still have beautiful views, we have beautiful sky, we have beautiful sea to look at. So looking at a distance is important because so many people have cataract surgeries. I would say the majority of people in a certain age and if they look at a distance, they flatten the lens and they can prevent a surgery from happening. Um, and you need to do it at least 20 minutes a day at intervals of four or six minutes. It also takes away the tension of using the computer. And then mm. we talk about, um, uh, we talk about uh, balanced use of the eyes, peripheral vision, balance use within each eye and uh, looking at details and uh, many people stop looking at details for different reasons and that's what we retrain them to do so they keep their macula alive and well otherwise many many people suffer from the degeneration of the macula and then we look uh, we look at body and eye coordination and more blood flow to the head so you can see that those principles are very strong principles. They, f they are very important uh, for the modern person. And that's why I teach them in my classes with very practical exercises of getting everything. Like you said, the ocean. We stand with awe at the wonderful view that we have. And we spend good quality time looking at the distance and resting the eyes from all the close vision we're doing. Well, you know, that's real exciting. Um, I saw you in East West Bookstore, let's say, about a year ago. 
And it was was pretty amazing because you just had a few pieces of paper you put on the eyes and at various places on, on the body and on the nose, and you were able to alter someone's vision, and they realized it right there within minutes. Well, what we're doing with the paper is that we're expanding the periphery. And one of the things that gets compromised when you look at the iPhone, sorry, I should say the smartphone, you look at the smartphone from near, pretty soon you forget there is periphery. And the whole point is to allow the periphery to happen, to allow the periphery to flourish. Um, The big thing is if you do pay attention to your periphery, the eyes do not strain. And if you don't pay attention to periphery, that's how they get red and that's how they strain. So when you look at the computer, from time to time, wave your hand to the side quickly. And sometimes putting a small piece of paper and waving the hands to the side makes a difference. Now, what kind of exercises do you suggest uh, for the flow of the head and to stimulate energy in the head? With the flow eye access, yeah. Let me talk about that. I think it's so important. First of all, in order to bring more uh, blood flow to the head, you must have loose middle back. And judging by how many people die from heart disease these days, you can see that our middle back is very tight. A very nice exercise is to stand against the wall put the two hands on the wall and move the chest forwards and backwards. So you allow the chest to loosen up and also to stand up and to move your arm in rotating motion and tap on the chest at the same time. And the rotation has to be a complete rotation. You tap with the fingertips against your thigh or against um, uh, the wall or a chair or a table and you say fingertips, and you move your arm in rotating motion, it makes the arm looser, and at the same time, tap on your chest, and that makes a very, very big difference. So I think that um, uh, what we, in a big way, need to do is to, um, is to loosen up our chest that supports the neck. The next thing is... If you sit down right now, move your whole upper body in rotating motion. Let the head move in every direction and allow yourself to move completely. And then you can sit on the floor, cross-legged, and move the whole upper body in rotating motion and breathe deeply. And that's really going to relax your neck quite a bit. So that's another thing that uh, you can do with your whole uh, body and then another one is to put the two hands on the floor and to move the crown in rotating motion in both directions which really loosens up your neck quite a bit so that loosening uh, of the neck is very important with massage I really love to massage the back of the head the area between the first vertebrae and the head and to stretch it and to loosen it up until more blood comes to the head. I'm doing it with infants, with babies, with kids, and, of course, with adults. There is a nice space between the first vertebrae and the head, and it's kind of round and deep, and it's called the foramen magnum. 
and uh, two style of ramens from the two sides, and I can put pressure on them and loosen them up until more and more blood comes to the head. Is that close to the occipital ridge, Mir? Yeah, 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 it is. It is in the occipital area, and it's close to the occipital region. If you feel your head, you can feel that below there is a real nice place we can put pressure and bring more blood into the head. Well, I know infants, wow. uh, when infants are born and through childbirth, uh, their necks sometimes get out. And do you work with infants right after birth? I do. I do. But most of the infants that I got were for vision problems. And part of what we do is really massaging them and teaching the parents to massage them. They can even massage them when they're asleep, which is a great thing, and put um, nice um, massage, very mild pressure in that area. It can make a very big difference. Wow. You travel, you have been traveling real continuously over this last year. And of all the students you've had, I'm sure your research has led you into areas that you hadn't anticipated. Is there anything you want to share on our program regarding those surprises that you've had, maybe? Yeah, there's quite a few things that happened which were very, very phenomenal. I'm um, uh, working right now with a lady that had this uh, glaucoma for many years and managed it just fine. And then uh, she found that she may have aneurysm. So I'm very happy that the medical profession can put a stent and prevent the aneurysm from happening, which is a bursting of the blood from a blood vessel. But then all of a sudden the vision was fuzzy, all the time fuzzy. And we improved a lot because a portion of her uh, right eye, she lost vision there. So we... What we did is we patched the left eye, put a small, thin piece of paper in the middle of her eye and threw the ball from hand to hand above the head. And she started to see clearly. And one of the things that she was always yearning for, (laughs) she's 80, she was yearning to put makeup on her face. And the last few days she was able to uh, look at that mirror and was able to see her face clearly, which she couldn't in the last few months, and put makeup on her face. That was a a great thing that we did. And um, I had a lady in in Portugal that couldn't have more than uh, tunnel vision because of several eye complications that she had. And just putting um, a strip of paper from her forehead to her chin and throwing, getting her to throw a ball from side to side until she got it, all of a sudden her tunnel vision uh, disappeared and she was able to see much more of her field. So there were a few discoveries that I had which were very, very useful for many people. And this, this is the way that I improve. I want to share the exercise that I've given to the lady that had fuzzy vision that I'm still seeing these days. Uh, And this is that she looked at her finger 
and move from side to side and visualize that everything moves opposite than a finger. And then um, when she moves to the right, she lifts the left heel. And when she moves to the left, she lifts the right heel. And she looks at the finger. And then she covered her uh, stronger eye, which is her left eye. Mine is the right eye. And she still moves from side to side and thinks that everything moves opposite. And that way she takes away the fuzziness from her vision. And she was very depressed. And she stopped her depression right now. So evidently what you're saying is everything everything is cleared up is what you're saying. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Is that the brain? Is it from the brain exercising? I mean, it's like your brain is being... Absolutely. It is the brain exercising. Because what happened in the past before she had the trauma of the surgery is that the brain ignored the area that doesn't see well. And then it couldn't. It interfered with it. Let me give you the best example. So many people have ringing in their ears. I mean, it becomes such a regular phenomenon. It's not even a big deal for many people. But they have ringing in their ears. And I'm willing to tell you that any time the neck is looser, the ears ring much less. And any time the neck is stiffer, the ears ring much more. So the looseness of the neck is very important from that perspective. Wow. Um, yeah. I want to go back. Sorry, Paula. Uh, Amir, I, I, you said something a while ago that really surprised me. You said when you keep your eyes closed in the dark, melanin is produced. I didn't yeah, what that. happens is if, 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 um, if you are lying in a very dark room, you produce melatonin. I mean, your pituitary gland produces melatonin. Anytime you turn the light on, the production stops and for a few hours. So, so before you go to bed, <laughs> before you go to bed, you should stay in the dark a while, huh? Or when you go to bed, you should have a double curtain and slowly sleep. I mean, the best is to fall asleep slowly. So the best thing to do before you go to sleep is to stretch, move, or take a nice walk if the weather allows in your area. And if there's no crime in your street, to take a nice, slow, meditative walk and then go to sleep. I think it's the best thing you can do. Wow. That's great. How many yeah. people take melatonin? <laughs> you know, I, I can see a lot of hands going up. <laughs> Absolutely. Too many people take melatonin, and in fact, producing it is so, so much better than taking it because the more you take it, the less you produce it. And oh, if you're in the dark, you produce it much easier. And the act of production strengthens the system. And melatonin is so helpful to so many problems. So it's just something that I want to say. We all talk about how nice light is, but we're not talking about how nice dark is. Dark is very nice. For two million years, our ancestors were able to travel in the dark, rest in the dark, 
receive the dark. They saw it very differently than the way we see it. We see it as uh, like you ended something. But actually, with the dark, we start something. We start to develop our peripheral vision much better. So being in the dark is a, is a real great thing. And um, I would recommend that you will interview uh, Paul Bogart, who wrote the book, The End of Night. And I think it's very important. It's very important to adjust to the night as much as possible. But most people are afraid of the dark or have nothing to do with the dark. And, of course, in your area, uh, Paul, I know there's a bunch of cougars in the dark huh? or mountain lions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Around here, there's coyotes. <laughs> coyotes. Ah, coyotes shouldn't scare you in particular, right? No. 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 But uh, walking in the dark is one of the nicest things that you could do. So I'm talking about polarities, adjusting very much to the sunlight as much as adjusting to the dark of the night are very important things, and we gave up kind of both. Sunglasses for the sun, (laughs) just to not be able to adjust to it, and um, we escaped the night by having light that is creating phenomenal pollution for us. And also you were saying that uh, by wearing sunglasses affects our skin because our body doesn't know that it's in the Exactly. The melanin production, when you, when, you, when you produce melanin, you produce it for two main areas. One is the skin, and that helps you absorb strong light. And one is the retina because you have a layer in the retina that darkens the light that comes to the retina. The moment that you wear sunglasses, you will produce less melanin. And the result is the skin will get compromised. You can get sunburn and even cancer. And I think we need vitamin D big time. It's the best cancer prevention there is, actually. And the medical profession discovers it more and more. But what they need to discover is that taking vitamin D uh, from a supplement is not anywhere as powerful as absorbing vitamin D from the light of the sun. Wow. I kind of question even if the sun comes through, even the clouds are there, the rays and the energy coming through. Oh, yeah, I mean... Any daylight is a good thing. We have a special yeah. exercise called skying. So any daylight is a great thing, you know. Um, and there's a very nice joke about Portland, you know, uh, they're saying, what, what do you call a day after two days uh, of rain in Portland, you know? <laughs> Actually, Monday. I, live right on, I live right on the ocean and, ah, okay. uh, in Brookings, Brookings, Oregon. And... Um, it's really beautiful, and uh, we have all kinds of varied, I call it oddities at this point. You have hail, you have snow, you have rain, <laughs> you have sunshine. Well, uh, but you also will have a warm summer, so it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, still, the sun does peep through, and, you know. Oh, I mean, like, also, if you don't have sun, but it's a nice daylight, it's great to be in. I mean, thing is, we shouldn't escape. The n- nature, nature is, have been here long before we came to the world and will be here long after we're going to leave the world. 
And what we need to do is unite with it and not escape it and run away from it. And this is what I'm so happy that while I'm in such a sophisticated city, I'm by the ocean. I go and walk near the ocean, and I'm really happy about that. Well, there's a lot of beauty there. There's a lot of beauty here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've... You have you're you're breathing the salt water too. <laughs> yeah. It's really gorgeous. It really well, is. Okay, just touching base, making sure that people realize that you have an upcoming class this this Saturday? No. Um I was mistaken. The twenty first of January. Oh, the twenty first of January. Okay. Which and is next from, Saturday. I mean not this one, the one after that. Okay. So nine to three, you have that class, and um, and then you have another one in February, the twenty third to the twenty eighth, and that is that a back class? Is that what you said? No, that's Looking on vision. The back? Oh, that's on, on vision. vision. Okay. Those this the regular six day vision class I have, which is six half days basically, except for the fifth day when we have a night walk in the park. Okay. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Is that going to be Golden Gate Park? Yeah, we're going to the Golden Gate Park, and first people think it's really dark, and especially we walk under the trees, and then we're finding that it's not dark at all because we can't even see the stars. We see only a few stars because of the halo of the city, and that's where you have such a good place where you can see stars, right? That's, yes, yeah. that's the sky. It's so bright, yes. That's that's the big deal. What? Yeah, we go when there is no streetlight, and it makes. And you know, when we return to the streetlights, people really understand how the eyes were neglected all these years. We think we give ourselves what we need, but we actually don't, because what we need is deep relaxation of the eyes, relaxation in the dark, basically. Well, let's give out your phone number so if people want to call for directions or call about information. About Absolutely. So it's 415-665-9574. And again, I want to mention that uh, we have the spine class on the 21st of January, which is Saturday after this one. We have the six-day eye class on February 23rd through the 28th. People come from all over the world. They can come also from the Santa Cruz area. It's not a big deal. We have segment A of part one training from the 14th to the 22nd. And we are definitely a licensed school. And um, uh, we are very, very proud. I mean, you when you finish it, you get a certificate of a level one training in our work um, after 160 hours. But it's altogether... 760 hours training. So there are other classes to take to be fully certified in our work. But this work teaches you to help people not to use the wheelchair. This work teaches you to help people to function better, move better, and see better. And that's why this work is so phenomenal and so helpful to people. Wow. We're going to have to have people call you and get you up into our areas so that you can have classes up here too. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. That's People great. Can pop onto your website because 
there's so many. I mean, not only is your schedules on the website, but there's so many. Different Which is www.self-healing.org. And okay. we have, a, I think, a very nice website, and we have podcast, which is the message of the week. In fact, I dictated one the other day, and I think it would be very interesting for people to hear that podcast. And again, your phone number is 415-665-9574. One more time, 415 9574 Remember your potential. Remember how much you can do for yourself. And we are going to help you uncover it in our classes and individual sessions. Well, I hadn't seen your website for a while, so just before uh, today, I went and reviewed your website. You've added so much to that website mm-hmm. since the last I've been there. So you are really working hard, and people can get all kinds of information on that website. And well, to begin with, we have a nice... YouTube channel, and I've shown in the latest one three of my staffers standing on my back with different weight capacity, and I can take very heavy people on my back without any problem and move my back up and down. And it's not that I'm doing it to brag that at the age of 62 I can do that. That's not the point. The point of it is to show you what happens when you do subtle exercises and use the back in a whole new way. Uh, for example, you have to start and walk backwards. You have to start and move your feet more in rotating motion. You have to start and feel the lower back, middle back, upper back, divide the back into different parts, feel it, and respond to it. You have to start and do all that. That's going to make a huge difference. Now, a lot of people have inflammation into their body, and, again, moving like this will support that mirror. Yeah. Well, you know, do you remember I was talking about how do you overcome sciatica? And this is to sit in a cold bath for a while. And um, it was either you, I think it's Paula, who was talking about the fact that many people are going to cold tanks, which is also an interesting phenomenon. And uh, it shows you that we, are, we do have inflammation. I run bare feet in the ocean. I haven't done the last few days because there was so much rain and debris, but uh, I do it even in the cold uh, in San Francisco. I run bare feet on the beach with my bathing suit. makes a very, very big difference. <laughs> yeah. I would say you'll, you'll have that thrusting of the energy coming back in and when you get into a warm room. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. It's nice to sit in a bath after that, too, yeah. But in Israel, I thought the sea was warm in the winter people wouldn't touch it except some people who came to israel from uh, russia who they came from colder climates i loved bathing and swimming it felt to me like being in a warm pool when other people felt it's really cold for them and i don't think it is um uh it, it is as cold as most people think it is basically so san francisco ocean can be cold but uh, in a warm day, I get my classes to bathe in it, and I do too. And I love to run bare feet, and even without a T-shirt, and just with a bathing suit, on the sand. And it makes a huge difference to my body. And I want to say that we probably all suffer from some inflammation 
related to our diet and lifestyle, and we can reduce the inflammation being in a cold, but also using more muscles than we never used before. And the, the wow. salt is also good for you from the ocean. Salt is very healing. The ocean is amazing for me. The ocean is uh, uh, is giving me a lot of life. And, you know, I don't need to drink coffee or anything of that nature Well, uh, to stimulate myself. I don't need stimulant because basically running bare feet on the ocean in the sea is the stimulant itself and i'm doing that when i travel i try to find a place to run or to exercise and to stretch and I, and it really helps me be awake in many uh, difficult situations i mean flying in an airplane and going from place to place especially with my level of income when i always have to do it economy is not an easy it's not an easy thing to do, um, and I f- flew quite a few miles la- uh, last year. But um, the ability to exercise and to stretch and to breathe makes a very, very big difference. And my preparation before I go on a trip is to run long distance on the sand. It really increases my lung capacity and my sense of well-being. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's see. I, um, if people want to get in touch with you regarding your book, do you actually have uh, classes and that kind of goes through your book, or you just have people order the book so that they can go through it and then come to your classes? We have a nice CD that shows how to work with the book. It's called also Vision for Life. And so okay. if people want to be in touch with me, uh, it, the book will speak to them even more. You know, those people who read my book, another book, will it will speak to them much more because it's going to be hands-on and uh, an experience. It's interesting. One lady called me with um, a macular hole, which I really cover in my book. But when I was trying to talk to her about an exercise and follow it, she uh, wasn't patient enough to do it. So Meeting me in my classes makes a very big difference. And uh, people in San Jose and Santa Cruz are not that far from San Francisco. And uh, working with me individually and in the class can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Some of your students in Brazil created a center. I was really interested in that. That, That's on your website. Right. I tell you, we have a whole association with 105 practitioners in Brazil, what amazes me, you know, I'm um, so happy to do my work and to help the world. Uh, Monetarily, one of my uh, practitioners in Brazil, not necessarily the absolute best one, but, you know, she's good, Uh, she was able to do classes online and train thousands of people in those classes. So that's an interesting thing that they did in Brazil. In in fact, I met even uh, some people in Portugal um, that were able to be trained by the same program. So I was very happy about that. Wow. That Well, you know, that goes to show you, if you just do at even 90% of what's there, you're going to have results. <laughs> you know, that is you know, you can't you can't 
you know what? We in that class with you on that East West bookstore. Let me tell you, I think people were so shocked their mouths dropped open, and minded too. It was just within minutes you had results that you would have never anticipated, Mia. So I just I just love the work you do. Thanks. Um, it just I, comes from the idea that people think that vision cannot improve, and that. You know, that is really dangerous thought because vision can improve. But, for example, in the 60s, they decided there's nothing you can do to make the vision better or worse. So windows stop being large in classrooms, and they start to put fluorescent lights in classrooms. And um, immediately it caused major vision loss to kids. And if you don't think that eyes can get better, you don't do anything about people not seeing well. You just give them higher and higher prescription. You let the um, the, the eye stretch so much, the retina starts to detach. So we need to explain to the world that vision can improve. And, you know, as much as I'm proud and how well my book is doing, I would love for it to do much, much better. So people in the world will know how much is available for them. Again, I want to talk about the fact that we have a whole industry about, over, uh, about uh, reducing back pain. Well, if you work with me, let's say uh, on the 21st uh, from 9 to 3, with just half an hour sandwich uh, lunch break, uh, you would be able to basically change your life in a very significant way, you'll get the path with which you use more of the muscles you never knew you had, because we have 600 muscles. Well, most people use about 50 to 70 out of them. And we teach you to use muscles you never used before. If you uh, have a vision problem and you can come to the class from the 23rd to the 28th, either all of it or part of it, and all of it would be better, you may find that the class will change your whole concept of what your eyes can do. And if you come to train with me as a practitioner, you may find you can do quite a, a lot for people that you didn't think can possibly be done. And I'm saying that because of my life experience. Yeah, well, let me tell you, it's wide and varied. On the 19th, I see that you also have um, a class going in Livermore. Mm-hmm. Is that still on? Okay. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a big class in the church in Livermore. It's a morning class, and um, and uh, in that class is going to be an introductory class. And then we'll have um, three uh, cl- three evening classes here, two of, with my students and one with me, and this, those are on Monday. So people give us a call and can learn a, a lot about them. Oh, good, good. Okay, and on the 21st again, which is uh, a week from this Saturday, right? it's overcoming back problems and um, creating that healthy back. And, exactly. again, this is, this is at your facility. And yeah. um, that is, uh, let's see if I can. Okay, so uh, the phone number to call me here to find out or check out on the website with the uh, you can do it at um, self-healing.org. That's the website, self 
healing.org and his uh, phone number is 415-665-9574. Again, one more time, 415-665-9574. And, you know, it's lucky for us there. To, huh? I was going to say, check out, his, check out his book on Amazon. His book is Vision oh. for Life and Steps to Natural Eyesight Improvement. And you can um, look on Amazon and they you can they give you a little bit of uh, pieces of the book so you can check it out. But I think everybody should have a copy. Well, if anyone has any kind of health issues or body issues or eye issues, I think I'd make uh, that phone number my first in my book to call <laughs> because it's alternative, it's natural, and it works, and it's gorgeous. We are so lucky, Mir, to have you in our lives to shed such vast research and quality care that you give. Um, we're we're so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be with you. And the thing that I want to say to all the audience, all the wonderful audience that you have, is believe in yourself. Breathe. Feel that you are capable to do a lot for yourself and uh, learn how much you can do it. And also I'd like to suggest to all of you to look at my YouTube channel. There's so much there. You can look. It's all free. So it could be interesting. Thank you, Mir. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was so wonderful to start the year with those two amazing ladies that I love to speak with at all times. Have a wonderful okay. year. You too. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.